3, 2, 1. Hello and welcome to episode two of The Bad Day Don't Be a Dickhead podcast. I'm your host and often dickhead, John Gilbert. And I am joined by... Ian Thompson. Okay, now for anybody that's new to the show, D-Bad is a social movement to help make the world a better place through less dickheadery. Uh, for anybody old to the show, well, this is actually only episode two, so that means that you're from the future. So, um, well done on surviving. Um, I hope Ian and I are still around um, and that the show's got even better. Actually, if we're not around, we'll, one of us has got a co-host. Or maybe even both of us die. And someone else takes it over because it's such a big brand. Yeah, they're just like, wow, these guys were pioneers if only they would have been around to see it to its full potential. It depends how far into the future they are. Yeah. But in like the relatively, I don't know, near future, who would replace us? Probably women, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd have to I be. I don't know. Me. Mel and Sue. Yeah. They've had enough of Bake Off. Are they not older than us? Um, yeah, but it doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to die. I mean, there's other yeah. people on Bake Off who I think should be saying their goodbye so but but no, not necessarily them this is bake off 2020 by the way yeah yeah okay yeah for, for the future archives um i love the fact that i've uh, introduced myself as an often dickhead and then just being a complete dickhead in the intro here um <laughs> my get out clause and i use this often in life is i'm being ironic i don't mean what i just said um i don't think you can use that all the time can you it's a staple Before, yeah, I guess so, I guess so. But yeah, we're episode two, the um, listeners are still making up their mind on me, but um, anyway, hopefully we can get some forgiveness. So Ian, um, what are we going to be talking about in today's show? Today's show, we're going to be talking about relationships, and specifically relationships, I suppose, in the house quite a lot, because everyone is on lockdown and everyone um, is spending an awful lot of time with family. Together. Together. Yeah, and, you know, things normally get strained, and that's absolutely fine. Don't be a dickhead about it, though. Yeah, it does put everything under the microscope, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. I've found that I'm getting annoyed about something that the kids would normally do on, on any given day, but because I've been around them doing it, like, for the tenth time that day, it's grating on me in a way that I wouldn't have necessarily done before. And therefore, if I get annoyed about something that doesn't normally annoy me, then I'm being the dickhead in that situation. So a little bit more to this than just like giving people a bit of slack and keeping your temper. But yeah, it is trying times, I think, to say the least. On evenings and weekends, I work with a charity doing stuff with um, young people and things. And when they're being annoying, when they're being dickheads, then we uh, we often will like give them warnings sometimes. If they get three warnings on, on a session, then they have to miss the following session. But I'm always very conscious that you can't give the warnings out too quickly. You've got to give them a pretty long leash, really. Let them get away with as much as they want because they're generally here to enjoy themselves and then you can sort of pick up on stuff a bit later. And it's a little bit the same when we're just at home, like with the kids or whatever, with family constantly because, you know, normally so I'd think like, oh, yeah, let them get away with that, let them get away with that. But then it's annoying me a lot more. Hmm... Yeah. Now, not everybody listening to this will have kids and be able to relate to this. Not everybody's going to be in a relationship, but this is a podcast about relationships. So I guess everybody's just got to be just amazing at this time. Do you know, I've I've written down something here in my notes for this episode. My partner was asking me, she was saying, like, why are you so, like, laid back about things? 
um, at the moment. And I was like, well, there's not a lot we can do about anything, so we might as well just sit and just accept it, really. That wasn't the right answer. It wasn't as profound as I thought it might be that. But, yeah. <laughs> like, everyone's just stuck inside. Sorry. There's not a lot we can do about it. So, you know, just, just, just take it. Just take it yeah. and accept your lot. But sometimes in the relationship, that really isn't the right answer. So I think one of the most important things that you can do with your partner is is listening to them when they've had a crappy day, yeah. particularly if it's work or somebody's been annoying them. But one, of the, one of the biggest mistakes you can make is by kind of reasoning with the other person in that scenario and go, well, maybe they meant this. Or have you thought about maybe you've taken that the, the wrong way? And it's just like, no, just let them vent and agree with them and go, yeah, she's a dickhead. Yeah, he's a dickhead. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, maybe there's more of a constructive conversation to have, but that is much, much further down the line. One of the issues we've got now, though, is that because so many of us are working from home at the moment, who are you going to reflect to about the experience of your day? It's going to be, it's going to be you. So it's just going to be, oh, how's your day been? Well, you've been a right dickhead. In a sense, though, that I would say that just letting them rant and you just saying, yeah, I agree, yeah, I agree, what a dickhead. And then telling everyone else that that's what you do, but suggesting it's not genuine is dickheadery. Oh. <laughs> well, is it any worse than... No. No, it's not, is it? I don't know, it depends. It, I mean, I mean, if it's do you genuine. think I'm being too honest there? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I thought that was like one of the key things that you had to do in the relationship where you've got each other's back is. it definitely is but just don't talk about it it's like fight club yeah exactly we can't admit that it's not genuine otherwise that's a little bit of dickheadery i think oh uh, uh, okay right perhaps um i mean yeah. maybe i'm backtracking or maybe i'm not but no i don't think it's <laughs> i don't know where i'm going in what was i gonna say <laughs> i don't know you were gonna say that it is genuine yeah well no i mean <laughs> but it is genuine i mean if somebody's been a dickhead and all I can do is be the nodding head and the listening ear, and that makes them feel better, then I don't think that makes me a dickhead, even if I don't agree with them. And, well, hmm. I have to say, though, I mean, it's not really fair of me to pass comment on that because my wife is always right, has never said anything that I don't genuinely agree with. I'm just imagining in other people's relationships that they've had to, um, I don't know, put a bit of an act on. Yeah, OK. Other, other, other relationships. It's not really for me to comment I mean, I'm very fortunate. Um, I mean, I love my wife and um, I just wanted to stay that way. One of the other that things... Work? Yeah. Am I out of the trouble yeah, you're now? out of the trouble. That's, that's fine. That's okay. fine. One of the other things that's been annoying me a little bit is, is people, people eating for the sake of eating. <laughs> so you, you just, you're, like, you're like stuck in this house coming downstairs like an hour after lunch and like saying like what is there to eat can I have something to eat it's like you're literally just eating because you can't think of anything else to do right now so eating is the default that annoys me a little bit and I know we said that don't be a dickhead is not just about us venting our anger about things and, and, and talking about what grinds our gears on that particular day but I do think that is is that a little bit of dickheadery just like eating for the sake of eating especially when it's quite difficult getting food like, you, you're literally going on, like, a walker run, like, from Walking Dead, a smart that, when you have to go to the shops, like, with the constant threat of coronavirus around you. <laughs> well, you know what I think? Yeah. Yes, dear. You're absolutely right. <laughs> There's such dickheads. <laughs> I'm here for you. <laughs> Thanks very much. That sounded genuine. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Sometimes it's quite fun to get wound up by stuff, though, so long as you're self-aware of it. Um, I've got quite an annoying habit, I think, of getting really het up about something and then in the next moment realise how ridiculous I'm being and then actually seeing the funny side of that. However, if my behaviour has affected other people because I've been shouting about this, that and the other, I can't really expect them to just switch the magic switch and suddenly find my behaviour funny. Because we're working from home, I've got the printer from home and it's just been dicking me about for printing off my notes for things like this podcast and so on. And I'm absolutely losing my shit with the printer. Psychologists would tell you that actually that's probably the underlying pressure of everything that's going on with COVID-19 coming out in a weird way. Um, I don't know. I just hate printers. But I guess... Um, printers are dickheads. Yeah, it's, sometimes it's it's good to... Yeah, print, we, should do, we should do one about that. I don't know if printers might be beyond dickhead. Actually. That might be beyond dickhead, yeah. I've, I've got yeah. every year in my time hop pops up many, many statuses about Hewlett-Packard printers. Um, yet still I own Hewlett-Packard printers. Uh, because despite them being dickheads, they're still my favourite printer. What I've been looking at is the definition of healthy relationship and an unhealthy relationship. So I've been looking at various websites. I've been looking at one called loveisrespect.org. Um, and here are its things that it says are the components of healthy communication in your relationship so they are speak up you should if something is bothering you it is best to speak about it instead of holding on to it fair enough yeah i think your timing needs to be right yeah yeah (laughs) and um i mean i like to air all of my grievances when we're already having sex (laughs) because i don't want to do it at a time where it's it's uh it's gonna make that less likely to happen um I do hope my wife doesn't listen to this podcast. Um, I mean, I think we're all right now because she's out saving the world as a frontline NHS worker while I'm sat in our bedroom (laughs) recording a podcast for you. But later down the line, she might find that she's got more time. Another aspect of healthy communication is respecting each other. Sadly, a lot of relationships don't have that. And I think under this testing time, you're going to see some people who are always putting what they're doing is, is more important, what their view is superior to the others. And I don't think that can work in a sustainable relationship sometimes you get people who are like in awe of the other one um and again you, you need to kind of be in awe of each other it can't just be one way around I mean, see me and me and um me and my partner we've got we've got quite a good balance there really because at the moment i mean like making films about stuff isn't especially important right now but i'm doing a lot of the homeschooling and um making the kids dinner and things like that so i'd have a claim to say like i'm doing the biggest job here but then she's a frontline nhs worker so so there's quite a good balance there really neither of us can have a go because i'm looking after the kids and making sure that they're okay and she's saving everyone else well help <laughs> helping to statistically she's she is creating the, the the greater social good there yeah exactly yeah yeah but i'm still putting in a good shift so i think i think it's quite a good balance really uh, the other key component parts of healthy communication are compromise, being supportive of each other, and respecting each other's privacy. Mm. So they all seem quite reasonable to me. Yeah. They all seem achievable. Um, one of the things that you it also encourages is setting healthy boundaries in a relationship. As in safe words? Uh, <laughs> safe words isn't on this list, but certainly. yeah. What's your safe word? Um, I don't think we haven't had calls for one yet. All right, okay. 
Hey, if anybody can come up with a safe word suggestion for Ian, tweet us at dbad underscore UK. Excellent. Hashtag dbad. Hashtag Ian's safe word. This is about healthy boundaries. It says one of the things you need to do is go out with your friends without your partner. Well, you can't do that yeah. right now. So that's, again, what's going to make it difficult. Participate in activities and hobbies that you like. Do not have to share passwords to your email, social media accounts or phone. Respect each other's individual likes and needs. You see, now this is one of the things that we spoke about earlier, which I feel like I should speak up now. We're getting into coercive control here, aren't we? Mm. And particularly on healthy relationships. And I think that goes way beyond dickheadery for me. It does. But I think... If people are listening to this, these are some of the warning signs because coercive control, this is beyond dickheadery, I agree with you, but coercive control is still something that I think is quite misunderstood by a lot of people. Not everybody, but by a lot of people because when it comes down to the whole issue of domestic abuse, quite often people use that as an interchangeable expression with domestic violence, which means physical violence. But a lot of, and a lot of the worst domestic abuse actually doesn't necessarily manifest itself in physical violence is coercive control which is about undermining your partner which is about taking their choices away making them feel like shit isolating them from others laughing at them and that's actually like a form of extreme form of bullying really and just to be clear that is way beyond dickheadery it is but actually and and i realize i'm going completely against what i said only about 30 seconds ago the sort of stuff that you're talking about, and actually, you know, the more I think about it, sort of coercive control stuff, is very likely to start off as, as, as what could be perceived as dickheadery. You know, it's the sort of thing where, you know, you might mention it to your mates in the pub or something like that, and you'll sort of all have a laugh about it, and like, oh, give me a minute, mate, you know. And in actual fact, mm-hmm. there's something a lot more sinister under that. I absolutely agree, and it's one of the reasons why we're doing this. Is that there's more to this than us just messing about and having a laugh. Uh, because what we're actually trying to do is challenge people to reflect on their own behaviour and go, am I being a dickhead? And realise you've got the choice. But the next thing is to challenge other people's behaviour around dickheadery. And I like to think I challenge that. Certainly, I mean, I'm going to play to some cliches for a moment. But the amount of times where you'll see, like, same-sex groups, we've got a group of blokes who are talking about... It's like the old airing doors thing. And they'll be talking quite derogatory terms about their partner and this, that, and the other. I told us to shut up and all this stuff. And what they're actually describing is domestic abuse. Mm. And the default reaction of a group of blokes for many years has just been, ah, serves the right, the stupid bitch. And it's like, I don't think that's acceptable anymore. But it still does go on in some cases. And it absolutely needs challenging. And if it's to say don't be a dickhead is is one way of doing it, we do need to be aware of those things. And maybe there is a slippery slope. And I worry, I don't want to scaremonger, but I worry that a lot of relationships are going to end up on that slippery slope now because of the microscope that that's under by spending all this time together and little things that may bug each other and just the belittlement and so on. I mean, we made a film, didn't we, called Mm. Ava's Story recently, which is about coercive control in relationship and it's how it affects Ava, who, who plays the daughter in that film. And what you see from Ava's mum's partner, you don't see him hit her. You don't even see him get angry. But what you do see is domestic abuse. And it's in the form of laughing at her and telling her that her friends are all fake and making fun of her in front of his friends. And so this is really bad shit. But I don't know if everybody's kind of necessarily the, aware of the deep psychological effects this can have. It's, you know, similar to liking the 
racially stereotypical meme on Facebook or whatever, do you know, it, it's in itself, you know, oh, yeah, it's just a little bit of bants and things like that and, you know, no one minds and whatnot. Whoever's posting these sort of things, it's giving them a, a sense of... I can't think of the word that I'm trying to... Justification, Justification really. It's a kind of yeah. casual decadery. They're not meaning to be racist, you know, quite possibly, but they are being racist and it's calling that out and it's saying... Don't be a dickhead. And it's, it's you mm. know, it's similar to that, I suppose. Yeah, and you don't really know what you're going to come across with uh, attitudes, but you should be able to call them out. There's a Stuart Lee sketch, and I'll j- just go through it very slightly. He, he, he calls it when polite conversation goes horribly wrong. And he says that his wife had been working away, um, and so he went to the shop to buy a nice bottle of wine, um, and then he says, he said, just as a throwaway j- joke, when he took it to the till, the man said, oh, that's a really good bottle. And he said, oh... Actually, my wife will be surprised to find that I've got terrible taste. To which the cashier says, yeah, fucking bitches. <laughs> and it's just like, it's, it's, all like <laughs> it's kind of like hatred for women should in any way kind of just, just be allowed. Now, in Stuart Lee's anecdote, and it's a joke, and whether it happened or not, it's kind of irrelevant for this. It doesn't, it doesn't get into a kind of, oh, so I said, no, you shouldn't speak about women like that. So, but well, these are the kind of things that we need to clamp down on. And um, now, is it, now is the opportunity for, for us to do so. Be more tolerant of each other. Yeah, just, do it. Just, just realise that, you know, there's not a lot we can do. we just got to have a bit of... Find a little area of the house to have a bit of space. Chill out. Well, that links then into some other bits of advice that I've discovered here. So if the relationship is unhealthy, it says that what you need to consider is that the person can only change if they want to do. You cannot force your partner to alter their behaviour if they don't believe what they're doing is wrong. So this is beyond dickheadery elements. Focus on your own needs. Make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Connect with your support systems. Now, quite often here, an abuser will have isolated somebody from their, their family, their friends and so on. Well, make, need to make sure that you can always reopen those connections, even if you've been manipulated. And then, if need be, think about breaking up. It's most important that you realise that you feel safe. So I appreciate that we've gone... Quite a long way from, oh, and it, a bit, we're annoying each other because we're having to spend a bit more time together to, to kind of deep-seated relationship issues that go way beyond dickheadery. Yeah. But I think that is something that we need to explore um, at a later date. And in terms of the COVID-19 impact on this, like Women's Aid, I've been looking at their website. There's a whole host of information on there about support as to how you can get if it's a physically abusive relationship. There's something called the Silence Solution, which is if you call 999, and they recognise that you can't necessarily ring up and say, oh, I'm in an abusive relationship, I need help. If you wait and then you press 5-5, five, five, what it does is it tells the system that that is an abusive situation and that they can't speak clearly about it so they will get support somewhere down the line. So nice. I've taken us down a really dark and serious <laughs> route, but that's going to happen sometimes on Don't Be A Dickhead. And I think it's important that we recognise when things um, go beyond dickheadery. Because in a lot of, the, in a lot of these things, uh, stuff is going to go beyond dickheadery, and we need to be aware of that. So it's not like we've tricked the listener into, oh, listen to these two talking about the challenges of relationships and going, ah, men are from Mars and women are from Venus, and then we've gone into all this heavy stuff. That wasn't the intention. 
But the reason that we picked this topic was was out of a genuine fear for the impact that this, the current climate could have. And you know what? It goes beyond that. Again, this isn't just about COVID-19. We are going to come out of this one day. And actually, if we've got greater respect and we understand how to make our relationship work, then the world will be a better place through reduced dickheadery. Results. Resolved. So bringing us back down to Earth then um, and talking about maybe our own relationships. What have you done, Ian, that makes you a dickhead recently? So last week, then, we said that we should both come up with ideas of when we'd been dickheads, and strangely, I have come up with one about a relationship. Uh, I mean, there's loads to be... I actually asked uh, Claire, my partner, about this. She had a never-ending list. Claire did mention about... She reminded me of about the first about six months of our relationship when I used to introduce her to everyone. Because, you know, it was around the time when people were meeting her for the first time. So I'd introduce her to, like, friends or, you know, people I knew and whatnot. And I'd always introduce her as my current seeing partner. Which she said was Dick Hedery. <laughs> did you attempt to justify that? No, I think I've just found it funny. Yeah, but you found it funny. I thought, this is, this is brilliant. If I just say that and then offer no explanation, it's funnier. Is that Dick Hedery? But did she find it funny? Duh. If she didn't find it funny, then it is Dick Hedery. I mean, she says she didn't, but I mean, you know, I reckon inside she was probably... Laughing her head off. Crying with laughter, or just crying. Wow. Um, I think that people do do that, don't they? Like, oh, this is the current... Mrs. Gilbert or yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a term of endearment so long as both parties agree to that. Yeah. Um, it doesn't sound like that was necessarily the case here. So, anyway, She brought it up when I asked her for an example of dickheadery. Well, in that case, it is dickheadery because dickheadery is in the eye of the beholder. She also mentioned last June when I... We were having a, a, a barbecue, weren't we, at work? And it was also Dylan, her son's birthday. And, uh, and I said I'd be joining her at Dylan's birthday as soon as the barbecue had finished. And, um, and, uh, and well, I, I, I just got very, very drunk at the barbecue and stayed at the barbecue. I wasn't going to stitch you up by bringing that up. Well, I've, I've um, I thought that now. was more of an off-air conversation. No, no, but, no, I've mentioned uh, it now. I suggested that that went beyond dickheadery to her. Yeah. Is it beyond dickheadery, that, or is it just dickheadery? <sighs> Well, I think it's borderline. I mean, did, did she think it was beyond dickheadery? Yeah, she thinks it's way beyond. Beyond dickheadery is in the eye of the beholder. Well, it just everything is. I'm apprehensive about what I'm going to share because it, it might even top that. And therefore, I'm going to take your advice on us editing this out. So I caught myself in... Uh, do you know in uh, 1884, the George Orwell, they've got like the fort crime thing? Yeah. So are we, are we agreeing that forts... Yeah, what did I say? 1884. Oh, yeah, that was a restaurant in Hull. Um, yeah. Is something that you think and then don't do, is that, is that dickheadery? So last night, across the nation, we clapped for carers. We did. So it was 8pm, and we, as a nation, went to our doorstep out in the street and clapped for carers. And it seems to have been observed really well across the area, certainly on my neighbourhood. Mm. Um, don't get yeah, wrong, we're having a street party. Everybody was keeping the distance from each other. But it was really nice to hear all of the claps. I did it. I went onto the, the doorstep. But I was reflecting on this. And I don't know if it was just a little bit of jealousy. Because my wife works for the NHS and was, was getting this, I had a thought of, well, 
I think it's right that we should be appreciating everybody. But what about those of us that are staying at home doing the homeschooling? Um, I think we should be getting some more of the credit here. And in my mind, I equated myself to like the women of work from the, the Second World War who kept the country going while the men were all out fighting. And, and, and I just started to like give myself a reality check and go, John, you've just been staying in, in your kitchen, eating every hour, which would have wound Ian up, uh, while your kids are doing some work and you're just making sure that focus. I'm, I'm not like a war hero or anything <laughs> like that. So I hadn't verbalised this to anybody. I thought what I'd choose to do is do it in a podcast that's going out to anybody in the world to, to access. But yeah. If I'd have said something at that point when my wife was welling up with pride that her profession that she's been doing for the past 25 years was finally being recognised for the uh, heroes that they are, if I'd have said, yeah, but what about the what about me, you know? I think you're all right. I think you're all right on that, I'll be honest. I think, I think, if, I think even if you'd have said something, it, it would have only been dickheadery. Right, so it's not beyond dickheadery. It's not no. beyond dickheadery, no. No, I mean, obviously, you still need to cut that out, but I think it would have only been dickheadery. Yeah. And then, to be honest, your wife would have probably found it quite funny. Yeah, but again, this comes down to timing, doesn't it? At that moment, I don't think she would have found it funny. Um, I'll test it on her tonight, and I'll, I'll let us know in a future episode how it goes. <laughs> Tune in. Yeah. So I think we've covered um, everything that anybody could possibly know about how not to be a dickhead in their relationship. I just thought of another one that's, um, <laughs> that I do quite a lot. And it's, um, I do like accents and like little characters to Claire, but, but sh- she really hates them. Like it really, really annoys her when I do them. And, um, and so I do them more. <laughs> Right, so to go back on my earlier advice, I have to say to you now, don't do that, Ian. Don't be a dickhead. If she doesn't find it funny, what you're doing there is starting on a slippery slope. The next moment, you're full coercively controlling in an abusive relationship. What started off with a little Irish accent could end up with accident and emergency. My partner is Irish. It's not just an Irish accent. I rarely do Irish, to be honest. Could it be seen as dickheadery for her not to like them or find them funny? Because they are very good. <laughs> oh, my God. So a future episode is just like, is it? if somebody doesn't laugh at your joke, are they a dickhead? I'm right. turning the dickheadery oh my God. back on the dickhead or something. Well, I remember in my very limited stand-up comedy career at one gig, um, that the people weren't laughing at my jokes. And at the time, I was blaming them in my mm. head. You dickheads. I mean, in retrospect, I blame me for um, not having better material and delivery. I've been referred to as comedy royalty in Hull. You have? I mean, I think I'm undeniably funny. (laughs) Yeah, so therefore anybody that doesn't laugh at your jokes is a dickhead. No, I'm right dickhead. (laughs) This is beyond dickhead. I think what we'll do is we'll wrap up. But what we'll do is we'll wrap up in an ultimate dickhead way. So if you could sign off for us, remind people where they need to tweet at at dbad underscore UK in one of your little voices. Oh, no. Imagine Claire's there not wanting you to do it. Let's fuel your fire. I don't know whether I can do because most of them just... Most, most of... But most... Most of them... Most of them just have really annoying catchphrases that they say to at Claire. <laughs> <laughs> 
Go on then. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Uh, I'll have a think of one for next week. Oh, um, well, suffice to say, if you've got anything to get in touch with us over, then you can tweet us at dbad underscore UK on Twitter. Uh, look us up on any of the other social media channels. Or you can email us at... Hello at dbad.uk. one of them wow we're gonna to have to have claire on as a guest sometime maybe the follow-up to the relationships well we could get claire and we'll get sally my wife on as well and they can just absolutely destroy all of that dickheadery behavior i'm looking forward to that but in the meantime i've been a dickhead john gilbert i've been a bigger dickhead ian thompson and you've been fantastic <laughs>